Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I am your co-host, Jason Spears, along with the host, Luke Diamond, after a huge win in Arizona, 22-16 to on Christmas night. Luke, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> Good job. I mean, this is all about the backups, right? It's about depth. And on this podcast, like the Colts, we have depth. Either one of us could run the MC and do the introductions. And that's basically what we saw. But you did forget the score, Jason. 22-16, the Colts defeat the Arizona Cardinals. And Chris Ballard's depth and this roster, which we've raved about, even at 1-4, even at 0-3. We talked about the depth. We talked about this roster. We talked about it being a top 10, maybe a top 5 roster in the National Football League going on the road on Christmas night and beating the Cardinals down four offensive linemen, down three starters in the secondary, down probably after Doyle goes down and Fisher goes down, we were probably down 9-10 starters at one point in this game. And it was next man up. And in the words of Chuck Pagano, this was a gritty, gritty win. And we hate that word, but could you define this win in any other way, Jason, but gritty? Absolutely, absolutely not. I mean, they did. This is what gritty is. When you go out there, everything's stacked against you and you find a way to win. Like like Tony Dungy used to say, no excuses, no explanations. It's next man up. And we got what we went out there and got it done with a lot of backups. And, you know, you like to use that term proof of concept. Well, tonight was proof of concept for a lot of young guys that hadn't gotten a lot of experience, went out there and played their asses off. Guys like Will Fries, guys like EJ Speed, guys like Jaleel Adai, just a ton of players that just went out there and picked up their brothers. And that's what this team is. It's a brotherhood. They love each other. And I'll tell you what, Luke, I couldn't be more proud of this organization, the coaching staff, Frank Reich included. We've been Mm -hmm. very critical of him, but he's been outstanding the last half of this season with the way he's handled things. This team never gets too high, never gets too low. And you saw tonight, no excuses. They went out there and they got it done. It wasn't pretty. It doesn't have to be. At the end of the season, it doesn't. They don't have ratings on your Ws. They just have the number of Ws that you have. And that's the bottom line. Huge win for the Colts. Great Christmas present for Colt fans in Indianapolis and across the country. Just an absolutely huge win going forward. Absolutely. And I do love that term proof of concept because there was a point this year where yeah we were winning games and we were beating the Texans and the Jaguars and the Jets and the teams we were supposed to beat but we didn't have those marquee victories we did beat the 49ers earlier in the season but they weren't a good team at that point they've gotten hot since kind of like us now they have a winning record but there was a point where we didn't have wins against any teams with winning records we go to Buffalo we pretty much dismantle the Buffalo Bills We have the Jonathan Taylor five-touchdown game. Then we beat the Patriots. Now we beat the Cardinals, and we beat the Cardinals as depleted versions of ourselves, going on the road with all these injuries on primetime, on Christmas, improving to 4-1 and in primetime games. It's a big win, Jason, and we have proof of concept now against good teams. We have proof of concept with depth pieces in the secondary, depth guys in the linebacking core, on the offensive line. And a lot of times you see a guy plug in here, a guy plug in there. To have four on the offensive line at one time, and for Chris Reed to go down at one time, I think it was five guys on the offensive line, or, you know, Braden Smith plus three backups plus a third string, 
at one time. And in the secondary, you lose Rock and you lose both safeties and you lose your first backup safety. So there were so many injuries piling up or COVID-listed guys piling up at the same position or in the same position group at the same time. And even earlier this season, Jason, you think back to that Baltimore game. We got decimated in, let's say, the secondary and how the team has grown since then, how George Odom has grown since then, how Eberflus has been able to adjust since then. Reich and Eberflus have grown a lot during the course of this season. Frank Reich 100% abandons the run in this game if this game was played in September or October. There's no doubt in my mind he abandons the run. I'm giving him all the credit in the world for not and for learning and for adjusting and for evolving as the season goes on. Earlier in the year, even though this is year four for him, he abandons the run. I have to give him so much credit for not abandoning the run. Yes, Taylor opened the game with that 40-yard run, but then he lost yards on about, I would say, there were seven, eight carries he had for no gain or a loss on the down, and Reich never abandoned the run. He never got away from it. He did against the Bucks, and it cost us the game. 19 consecutive dropbacks with a lead, it cost us the game. In this game, he stayed balanced. Wentz was a little bit erratic at times. He was off the mark at times. He was inaccurate at times, but he stayed balanced. He never made it a one-look offense. He never put all the pressure on Carson Wentz. And at the end of the game, Carson Wentz made two huge plays. A first down to T.Y. I think it was a third and seven first down to T.Y. And then the touchdown in the back of the end zone to Desmond Patman. Another guy stepping up. Zach Paschal on the COVID list. Patman catching his first career touchdown pass in the National Football League. Next man up again in yet another position group on this roster. But that is Reich learning, evolving, and not abandoning the run. And it paid dividends for this offense. We see Taylor go up over 100 yards. We're now, what, 9-0 when Taylor has 100-plus yards on the season. Still 0-6 when he's under 100 yards and then you have Carson Wentz stepping up making really big plays because he didn't have to be the hero it wasn't hero ball all on Carson Wentz it was balanced it was a balanced approach and Carson gets to walk away the hero this time but not because we forced it we didn't force feed him to be the hero we were balanced and the opportunity rose and he rose to the occasion and he made two huge throws to give the Colts that double digit lead yeah, he, he was really unbelievable down the stretch. And a big a big difference in the game, honestly. He certainly picked it up in the fourth quarter. And you mentioned those two throws. He also had a throw to, to Mo Alley for a big play earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got it together, and he was a big reason we were able to get that last touchdown and, you know, kind of put them in a, a really tough bind going down the stretch of that game. But, Luke, I just want to get into something. We, we went over the keys to the game, obviously, as we always do in the – and the previews of these games. And I just wanted to kind of go through the, the three for each side of the ball. So for the de- defense, we had uh, the three keys were keep Murray in the pocket. Well, outside of one long run, we kept him in the pocket. Um, we did a really good job on him. They did not have more. They had less than 200 yards going into that last drive, which we basically were playing the clock and gave them 80 yards or whatever it was they got on that last drive. And then the second one was no big plays. There was a 37-yard play to to A.J. Green. There was a long run for Kyler that George Odom ran him down, which was, you know, ended, ended in a touchdown anyway. But outside of that, I thought, and then I guess the special teams play where they misdirection on the 
on the punt. But outside of that, and none of those let no none of those ended in touchdowns. Meaning like the the big play didn't end in a touchdown. They gave an opportunity to play defense. So they they did a really good job with that. And then the last thing, and probably the most important thing, play fast, play physical, play smart, and they did that. They did that all game long. They didn't get a lot of dumb penalties. Uh, they they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, they didn't try to do too much. All the guys that came in did their job, whether it was EJ Speed or George Odom or Julio Adai. It didn't matter. All those guys did a hell of a job executing the defense, and you know they did what they did. They didn't get any turnovers, but they didn't need any. They did just enough to get the win. When you go out there and you do what you're supposed to do, and this DNA, the the the, the, the core principles of our defense is playing fast, playing physical, playing smart, and execution. All those things got done tonight. Absolutely great job by the defense. We'll get into them a little bit more later. Uh, but then we move over to the offense. Three keys for the Colts offense. No turnovers. That's the biggest key. We didn't turn the ball over. That's the difference for me. That is the difference in the game. When they don't turn the ball over, they they probably win 99% of their games. Then it was be balanced, get the ball to playmakers. Well, we threw it 28 times, and I think we ran it somewhere near there. So it was, so it was pretty balanced. You look at getting the ball to the playmakers. Well, our playmakers are Jonathan Taylor, 27 carries, 108 yards. I think that's about four yards per carry. Then you look at Mike Pittman, eight catches, 82 yards, didn't get into the end zone, but made big plays, got a lot of first downs. And then T.Y. Hilton stepped up, four catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. And then finally, Carson Wentz, 18 to 28, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 225 yards passing. Not going to blow you away with the numbers, but that's what they needed, and that's why they won the game. They found a way to get those things done. And then the final thing, limit the pass rush. They struggled with that in the first half, got some holding calls. But in the second half, as you stated correctly, Luke, they stayed patient with the run. And by doing that, it kept them off balance. Mm-hmm. And I think that led to what you saw late in the game with Wentz because they still had to respect Jonathan Taylor running the ball because we never went away from it. You know, and even Hines got some carries. So I think all those things that we talk about constantly on this show were all huge in this game. And I can't give enough credit to Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus. I thought they were absolutely on top of their game tonight. Those players were great, did a hell of a job, just an A-plus performance from our coaching staff, getting those guys ready to play on short notice. And then those guys going out there, it's, it's real easy to get a, te- a guy ready to play. It's a lot harder for that guy to go out there with no reps during the week. People forget that. No reps during the week. Go out there, play against a team like the Arizona Cardinals 10-4, and four and go out there and play that type of game, give up, what, 16 points? That's, I mean, that speaks for itself, man. That's just an outstanding job by everybody, top down. Ballard getting the right guys in here. You know, Pryor on the line. Fries did a decent job when he was in there. Davenport held his own in the second half. And that's it. You just find a way to get it done. And and uh, like I said earlier, I couldn't be more proud of a team. They had so much adversity and staring them in the face, and this is a huge game. And that team over there, that's a good team, and they're playing for something too. They were playing for seeding, trying to stay ahead in their division, all that stuff. So it wasn't like we were playing a team that didn't have anything to play for. They had everything to play for. We just played better, executed better, and when it mattered, we made the plays. No doubt about it, Jason. And when you go through those keys to the game, we recorded that before the Quinn Nelson news. We uploaded it before all the news that came out today, which was Kari Willis and Darius Leonard and Zach Paschal. So – 
we're going through that pass rush and all this stuff. We're talking about Ryan Kelly being out, Mark Lewinsky being out. We don't even know at that point that Quentin Nelson's going to be out. We talk about defense, spying on Murray, keeping him in the pocket, playing fast. At that time, we don't even know that we're not going to have Darius Leonard. And we say it all the time, like, it's not about the logo. Like, we're fans of the logo and the franchise. And these players will come and go. We'll still be fans. But this current Colts 2021 roster is as good as their players. So if you take away the best play, if you take away Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers, they're not the same team. They're not a 10, 11, 12, whatever they are, win team. They're a much different team. If you take Brady away from the Bucs, if you take Buckner and Leonard and Nelson away from the Colts, they're not going to be the same team. We took away two of our all pros, two of our top three to five players on this team. We went on the road against a really good opponent that's 10-4 and four on the season, and we found a way to win. And I give so much credit to the backups. I give so much credit to all the players who played, to Ibraflus, to Reich, and to Chris Ballard for putting this whole thing together because it was truly a masterpiece. Was it the prettiest game we ever played? Did we get helped out by the Cardinals making a lot of mistakes, having penalties, missing kicks? Of course. And if you go around the league and you take away the top two players or two of the top three or four players on each roster, it's very rare you'll find a team that could go on the road and win a game like this, especially when you're talking about last-minute changes. It's last minute that Darius Leonard gets scratched and Kari Willis gets scratched, and you're already down Blackman for the season, and you're already down Zendejo. You're down a lot of guys in the secondary. Rock Yassin on the COVID list. So... The amount of adversity and the way these guys were able to step up. It's not next man up. It was next men up because there were so many guys that were out. Carson said it after the game. They were changing the game plan on the fly. Throughout the course of the day, the game plan was changing minutes leading up to the game, basically. And they went out and they executed. I'm so proud of Reich. And I'm happy that he stuck to it, like I said. And then on the other side, Matt Eberflus, we were just talking about it off air. The top three games I've seen Matt Eberflus coach as the defensive coordinator of the Colts in his tenure, which is four years now, I would say number three was that Chiefs game in 2019. Number two was that shutout against the Cowboys in 18. And then number one, I would say, is tonight against the Arizona Cardinals. It was that impressive because we've had a lot of games where we racked up a whole bunch of turnovers and we have a couple guys that are turnover machines. Like in Buffalo, I think we forced four turnovers or one might have been on special teams, but we forced about three or four turnovers in that game. And not to say that the defensive coordinator doesn't deserve credit for 31 turnovers on the season and being a turnover machine and a ball hawking defense. He definitely does deserve credit for that. And he's preaching to punch at the ball, to rip the ball out, tip drills and all that stuff. So I give Flutes a lot of credit. But sometimes maybe the game plan's bad and you do get bailed out by Darius Leonard just being an incredible football player, punching the ball out. I mean, most of the time I don't feel like this. I'm just saying for argument's sake, sometimes a bad defensive game plan could get bailed out. That's just my overall point. To make my next point, which is in this game, you don't have any of those plays. You're down so many guys. This was all about scheme. Like the scheme today, the blitz packages today, the creativity, masking what you didn't have out there. Not to say that EJ Speed didn't step up and play 
really good football, especially the last three quarters for Darius Leonard, and same thing with George Odom, but you're missing marquee players. And to be able to scheme up what he was able to scheme up against Kyler Murray and this Arizona Cardinal offense was just extremely impressive. So schematically, I thought it was his best game, and the players executed, and you go into the half minus four with your defense on the field. That is incredible with four starters missing, that safety, which was basically like the one turnover of the game, and that was self-inflicted. Yes, they missed a couple kicks and an extra point, but to hold him to those field goals was big, and outside of the one big 50-something yard run by Kyler Murray and then taking advantage of a short field to open up the second half, they really didn't do anything in this game, Jason. Like you said, at one point in the second half, they were at just shy of 200 yards of total offense. So I thought Eberflus was fantastic. Last week he was really good, especially for the first three quarters against the Patriots. The game before that, before the bye, shutting out the Houston Texans, which at this point you should because they stink. And he's putting together for himself a nice resume on top of a really solid career and tenure in Indianapolis to be a head coach following the 2021 season. He's been that good. It's a fun defense to watch. They've gotten better every week, and they were a defense that got criticized in the beginning of the year. They entered this game top 10 in points per game, points allowed per game, and that number should improve after this performance in Arizona against the Cards. So just really, really good. I praise Reich. Now I got to give a little bit of love to Matt Eberflus. Just really, really great coaching on both sides of the ball. Special teams minus that one annoying fake punt return. I don't even know how to explain it, but everybody going to one side. But besides that, Bubba, this whole season's just been incredible and the job he's done. So our three main coordinators, whether it's Reich coaching up the offense, Flus with the defense, or Bubba on special teams, this team is a well-oiled machine, very well coached, maybe not in the beginning of the year, but sure as hell is now, and they just seem to get better each and every week. They understand the identity of this team, what this team thrives on, and it's getting better each and every week. It's fun to watch, and it's at the right time of year with two games remaining before we head into the playoffs. Yeah, no question. And one thing I wanted to mention, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people know this and maybe some people don't, but Darius is basically our quarterback of our defense. And so he calls the plays. So you find out the day of the game that he's not going to be out there. And it's not just it's not just, you know, the, the leadership that he provides and the actual pr- productivity, but it's the energy and also the like you, you, then you've got to have somebody else calling the plays. You've got guys out there like Adai and and EJ who don't get a lot of reps in practice because they give the reps to the starters, and that's on both sides of the ball. So guys like Will Fries that are out there and Pryor that are out there, they haven't had a lot of reps, or especially Davenport. So for this team with with little to no, I mean, no really no, especially with the the guys that we found out about COVID today, oh the day of the game. No real time to prepare. They still find a way to design a game plan to go out and beat a playoff-level team on their field. I mean, that's as good as it gets coaching-wise. And as far as the players executing the game plan, I mean, that's that's what you want. You want every guy on that 53-man roster to trust the man next to him. And when you go out there and you do what you did tonight, that builds that trust even more than it was before. And we know how much these guys love each other. 
that game tonight brought this team even closer together. And I'm telling you, nobody wants to see, I don't care who it is, the Chiefs, the Titans, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants this team in the playoffs, period. Yeah. But as far as this game goes, it puts us in, in a position where we have a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of a margin for error going into these last two games. I don't expect to lose either one of those games, but God forbid something happens where we do, I still think we find a way to get in the playoffs. And that's what this is ultimately about. So for me, huge win. I couldn't say, I can't say enough about how proud I am. I mean, you, you just feel so good for these guys. These guys that don't get to play that, they come in and they and they do a hell of a job. I mean, EJ was great and Odom was flying all over the field and a die did a nice job. They didn't get beat over the top, other than the one one on one where where um where Zave didn't get his hands on on uh AJ Green. Outside of that, their receivers really didn't do anything in this game. I thought our corners and even Isaiah, when he got beat for that touchdown, he was that was just a great play. That's gonna happen sometimes. His coverage was fine, he was great. So, you know, they made that one really good play where Kyler just drops a dime and, and you give him credit, but it didn't shake him. That's one thing I like about Isaiah. He does not get shook by mistakes. He comes back. He doesn't stay in his head. He played his ass off. Zave was good outside of that one play. Kenny was Kenny. The D-line was really active. I thought, you know, they didn't get a lot of sacks or whatever. But I, I don't thought think they, they were had extremely... one. But we say yeah. it all the time, Jason. This is the perfect game to describe when we say pressure is more important than sex. Yeah, they kept, they kept them in the pocket, but they moved them around, got him off his spot, made him get rid of the ball. There was at least four or five plays where we were all over him, pressuring him, and he just threw it into the ground. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, obviously it's not as good as a sack in the sense that you lose the yardage, but it's damn close. And so, I, I mean, you got to give a ton of credit to those guys up front. They were really good. The linebackers, I thought, started slow, got better as the game went on. I think the game slowed down for EJ, and he started playing really fast as as he got more more into the rhythm of the game. And then I thought the back end was really solid. So defensively, man, I have no complaints. Yeah, we didn't get a turnover for the first time all season, but, hey, we got a safety. And so that was – I mean, and we didn't really do anything there, but – I mean, it's it looks good. So yeah. <laughs> and it helped us win the game. Those and two points. It, it mean, serves as a turnover. It doesn't count as one, but it kind of serves as one. And you get two points out it of should it. Be, it should, Luke, it should absolutely be a turnover. It really should, because, right? The more I think because, about yeah, it, because you're getting, it's almost better than a turnover because you're getting two points and you're getting the ball back. Mm -hmm. So it's it's absolutely a turnover plus two points. It's better than a turnover. Mm -hmm. So even though we're not going to get credit for a turnover, I look at that as one. And, and multiple, we had, we, yeah, mul I was going to say multiple turnover on downs. Yeah, so I thought the, the D-line, even though you, you look at the stat sheet, you don't see a lot of it. I thought Dio was good. You know, DeForest was good. AQM was good. Grover was good. They were just active. When they're that active and they're making guys, you know, get rid of the ball and throw it away, that's what you want. You want to see that. We saw that tonight. I said they would need – to be really active in this game, and I thought they were, and I thought as the game went on, you saw a unit really get used to playing together, and it was fun to watch, man. It was really fun to watch. It was a gritty-ass win. Those guys grinded it out, the offensive line. I mean, it was not easy by any stretch. That defense has playmakers all over the field. 
Buda Baker had some big plays. Chandler Jones was all over the field. Golden was all over the field. Simmons, you know, they've got a lot of talent on that defense. So it wasn't going to be easy regardless, even if we had everybody. But we didn't have everybody, and we still found a way to get Jonathan Taylor over 100 yards, and we still found a way to get, you know, Carson some some good throws, gave him time late in the game. And that's what winning teams do, Luke. At the end of the day, all the garbage aside, all the guys that didn't play aside, good teams make no excuses. They just find a way to win. And that's what that's what this team is. They are a good team that finds ways to win. It's amazing how much they have changed and how much they have grown over this season. And I'm so damn proud of them. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Five penalties for 40 yards for the Colts, 11 penalties for 85 yards for the Cardinals. That shows a lot, right? That you could have that many backups in a game. You could have basically half your starters out in a game, and you could have half the penalties and even less than half of the penalty yardage or less, even less than both, like less than half the penalties, less than half the penalty yardage of your opponent. That just speaks volume to the discipline and to that next man up and to be able to plug and play so many backups at one time, not just a guy here, a guy there. All at the same time, okay, we're going to put four backup offensive linemen in at the same time, and we're going to be more disciplined than their defensive line. That is very difficult to do. And I think Kingsbury has his work cut out for him in the playoffs because not to take anything away from the Colts' victory in this game or the Cardinals, who we have said multiple times were a very worthy opponent, a good team, a team that was 10-4 and before this game, 10-5 and after this game, a playoff team for sure in the NFC, one of the top four or five teams in the NFC. They have a lot of work to do between now and the playoffs. Coming off a loss against the Lions, this loss, and last year, they were one of the best teams in the league. I think they were like 7-2 and last year, and they completely fell apart and missed the playoffs. Yeah, and they've got a tough road. They've got to go to Dallas after this, and they're not getting Hopkins back. And then they've got to play Seattle, which is never easy, in a, mm. especially in a divisional game. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they got their work cut out for them. I, I, I do like them if they can get Hopkins back. I don't know what his injury is, if, if he will be back for the playoffs. But they were without Rondell Moore tonight, who's a big-time player for them, and they are also without the running back, Connor. And I'm not saying – you know, I'm not comparing. We obviously had more guys out and all that stuff. But I'm just saying if they can get those guys back, that certainly helps. But what you're saying is true, man. Um, Arizona going on the road, especially if it's a cold environment, uh, it's uh, just going on the road at all for them, uh, I think is going to be a problem. And they're definitely playing themselves into a big-time uh, situation where they don't want to be in because they had – home field locked up and they've just kind of fallen apart, man. And you know, that's the league. You got to play hard every game for 16, now 17 games, or you very easily can have a three game losing streak. And that can cost you not only the number one seed, but also the division put you in a spot where you have as a wild card team, go play on the road in a place like green Bay or someplace like that. And, and, I mean, that's that's not good for them. But, I mean, it is what it is. I feel like the Colts, on the other hand, if you're just kind of comparing the two teams, are built for that. They don't get shook on the road. They play better on the road. They've got a road-grading offensive line when they're 100%. And they find ways to win. Their defense creates turnovers. And so going forward, whatever the, whatever the case, whoever we play, as long as we have – 
the majority of our team, if it's not like a literally like a whole new team, as long as we have the majority of our team, I like I, I think we have a shot in every game because I like our coaching staff. They figure out ways to keep us in games like they did today. And then we make plays down the stretch. And that's what good teams do. So I did not think the Colts would win this game. I mean, I didn't think it before. The news broke today with the COVID stuff. And then when I heard that, I was like, damn, this is where it's going to be razor thin for us to get into the playoffs. But they come out and they win this game. And now they've given themselves breathing room. But what I want to see from the Colts is say, screw the breathing room. We're going to win 11 games and we're going and we're going to go into the playoffs winning. How many ever it, it, how many ever it is out of uh, out of the last games? I, I don't know what it would be. I think it would be. If they win the rest, I think it'd be eight and one down the stretch. So that would be great. And that's certainly, in, it's certainly possible. The Raiders do not look very good. They struggled to beat like the skeleton team of the Browns, barely won that on a last second field goal. And then you got the Jags who are going to be playing for the number one seed. So the Colts just have to, you know, stick to the process. Oh, I sound like Chuck. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me take that back. <laughs> we the opened Colts this by saying this was to... a gritty win. Yeah, well, I guess it's a Chuck game then, maybe. I don't know. but Maybe Chuck was right what, this whole time. Well, he wasn't right with that team. If, <laughs> if he was saying it about this team, he would be right. But, you know, one win at a time, man. We we, we, we try to we, – we try on this show, we try to follow the lead of uh, of the Colts organization. It's all about, you know, you win you, – you play the game, you stay in the moment. Once that's over, it, you move on to the next week, and it's a, it's a one and 0 mentality. We've talked about that since Frank got here in 2018. And I think they're doing that again this year, man. They clean the slate from week to week. It's it's 1-0 mentality, just like we said in 2018. And so, you know, I'm really excited about where we're at. I'm super proud of this team. They fight. They don't ever quit. They never will quit. That's one of the things I love about this organization and the way they've played this year. They very easily could have rolled over early in the year, but they didn't do that. They fought back, and now they're 9-6. and six. And looking, you know, to kind of finish it. You know, got one thing they struggled early on in the year was was finishing games. Well, now they're finishing games strong. Now they got to finish the season strong, and I think they will. Yeah, and it's funny because in the beginning of the year we said that good teams find ways to win games, and we just weren't a good team. We weren't finding ways to win games, although we believed we had the talent at the time, and now we are finding ways to win games. And you know what, Reich has done a really good job with since the Bucks game. And before the Bucks game, like he's done a good job, I would say our last seven, eight weeks, except against the Bucks, coaching like you have a lead when you have a lead. In the Bucks game, he coached like we were down by 21 points when we were up by 10. In this game, we were up by two points, and he coached like we were up by two points. He didn't coach like we were down, and that balance I think really, really led to that touchdown drive, and that's huge because that's all about feel. And that challenge, which was easy to challenge, but Reich totally outclassed Kingsbury with the two challenges in the first half. With that challenge on the Zach Ertz catch where he went out of bounds, and then Kingsbury challenged something that it was just a complete waste. I think it went from a third and 17 to a third and 10. And was those seven yards really worth that challenge? And it was clear to me that Naheem Hines had his hands under the ball and had control all the way through the completion of the catch. So I thought Reich just did a really, really solid job. And he coached with a lead like he had a lead. His feel for the game 
was very, very good. And I couldn't be more happy with the overall product, the team, the roster, the backups, the coaching, and going into the playoffs. And I'm going to say playoffs because we have two games left. And I saw right now we have a 98% chance to miss the playoffs. So if I jinx it that badly, I mean, it is what it is because at 98%, I'm going to talk about the playoffs. This is how you want to head into the playoffs. You want to be playing this type of football. You want to be beating good teams. You want to be going on the road and beating good teams, which we will obviously be doing in the playoffs because the Titans came back this week and won, and the 49ers choked on Thursday Night Football. But if we were to win the division, that would be a little bit different. With a wild card, we're obviously going to have to go on the road multiple times if we want to play in the Super Bowl, which I think we all do. So going on the road is huge. Going to Buffalo, going to Arizona, these are tough places to play. This crowd was extremely loud. The fact that we had five penalties to their 11 penalties, again, speaks to the coaching, the discipline, and all that with this roster. So just a really, really solid job. I couldn't be more ecstatic with the roster that Ballard built, the depth he added, the coaching, and we could just go on and on and on. But if we had to highlight one, Jason, you know what time it is. It's time for the For the Culture player of the game. Yeah, and, you know, listen, this is definitely the best Christmas present I got today. I just want to point that out there. Not that I didn't get anything that I liked. I did. But this game tonight was just a special, special win for this team. And the guy I'm giving the game ball to, I think, gets a lot of crap from this fan base and has gotten a lot of crap from this fan base. Sometimes warranted, most of the time not. Uh, I think he's a future head coach in this league, and I think he did a hell of a job with the game plan tonight and preparing his guys to go out there and play great football. And that guy is friend of the show, Matt Eberflus. He did an absolutely great job preparing these guys to play. I thought his, his, uh, his game plan was outstanding. He blitzed more, he mixed it up, he disguised, he did everything that people have complained about a lot of this season. I thought the team played outstanding defense. I thought the defensive line was active. I thought you saw EJ Speed come into his own in one game. He literally went from struggling to really, you know, feeling himself getting in his bag the last three quarters. You got a guy like Jaleel Adai, who's a who's a vet who comes out there and does a really good job. Uh, George Odom's just getting better and better. Isaiah's getting better and better. Um, and he did it all without his leader, Darius Leonard. And they didn't have any turnovers in this game, but it didn't matter. It was about execution. It was about not doing stupid things and beating yourself. And the Colts did not do that defensively. And I think a lot of that credit deser- deserves to go to our defensive coordinator, coordinator, Matt Eberflus, because he's coached that way since he's been here. This team does not beat itself. It does not give up a lot of big plays. They play smart. They play fast. They play physical. And that all starts with him. That's who brought this here. That's who brought all that attitude and that type of no nonsense, all accountability. He's about accountability. We had a, you know, a guy here for six years that didn't give a shit about anything. There was zero accountability. This guy comes in and he's had a top 10 turnover defense since he's been here. Number one this year. I can't say enough about him. Everyone already knows I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's probably going to get a job in the next year or two, and he deserves it. I think he's an absolutely good football coach. I think he'll make a good head football coach. But as far as tonight goes, Matt Eberflus gets my game ball. Just a great job, top to bottom, getting those guys ready to play. 
huge win, and it couldn't have been possible without that defense playing the way they did. So shout out the shout out the Flus, man. Out, outstanding job. And really, Luke, five out of the last six weeks outside the Tampa game, they've really been balling on defense. So we're going in to the stretch run with our defense playing their best ball. And, uh, you know, once we get Darius back, look out, man. It's going to be a fun ride the rest of the year. But, yeah, Flus was great tonight. He gets my game ball. Great selection, Jason. Man, I want to go Reich because I just feel like both coaches deserve it and the head coach definitely deserves it because it's not just about – sometimes I feel like people take Reich and they just talk about him being the offense, but when you're the head coach, it's about clock management. It's about offense, defense, special teams. You're the head coach, so it's really about the entire operation. So I want to give it to Reich, but the guy I really want to give it to as we talk about the For the Culture player of the game, which I guess is the For the Culture person of the game, at this point, I wanted to go with Chris Ballard because this was all about depth. Like we give Ballard so much credit for the all pros and the pro bowlers and the guys that have all these accolades. But when you lose those guys and their backups could step up and do a really solid job, that's almost harder. So we look at Darius Leonard and his three pro bowls in four years and most likely his fourth all pro in four years, and Quentin Nelson, four Pro Bowls in four years, and he'll probably have four All-Pros in four years, and Buckner and his accolades, and Kenny Moore finally getting to a Pro Bowl, and Jonathan Taylor having the first-team All-Pro season. So we could go through all the guys and the accolades they've put up and are beginning to accumulate in the early portions of their careers. Some of these guys putting Hall of Fame careers together, and Ballard drafted most of them. Buckner he traded for. But when you lose... Nelson and you lose Leonard and you lose Willis and you lose all these guys some hours before the game and all these guys have backups that are able to step up and you have an offensive line that's one of the best if not the best in terms of run blocking and you lose four guys and your backups could still push and help your running back run for a hundred yards in this game when we had a starting healthy offensive line for let's say probably three or four years under Grigson where we went 50 games with Andrew Luck without a 100-yard rusher. We went multiple games where Andrew Luck was our number one rusher. For an offensive line to open enough holes with this many backups to get Taylor to that 100-yard mark, which is the magic number for the Colts because we're 9-0 now when Taylor has 100-plus rushing yards. So I want to give it to Ballard because the depth of this team is insane and again it's not one guy here one guy there okay Quinn Nelson this week Darius Leonard next week Buckner the week after that it's we're losing all these guys at one time we're losing Nelson we're losing Leonard we're losing all these guys at one time so the depth is incredible and we've known it for a while now and we really saw it all get put to the test at the same time and the coaching and everything it just came together this is a big win, Jason. This is a real, I mean, we said it multiple times. If there's going to be a game you're going to drop out of these three, this was the one. But the way we won this game and the guys we won this game with for these guys, for this locker room, for this organization, this game's as big as any now heading into the playoffs because you're going to take this and you're going to say, we were able to do that with our 50th, 51st, 52nd, 53rd players. 
And that speaks a lot because they say you're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, our weakest link just went on the road and we were able to get a win. So I guess a good team that won 10 games. So I'm pumped. I'm going Chris Ballard, but I really want it to be like Ballard, Reich, kind of the regime of the Indianapolis Colts because this was a real culture win. When you go in and you're basically stripped down bare bones of the roster and you're able to win a game like this on the road. And you had a lead that you blew. You trailed in the second half. You came back. You took a lead, two-point lead. Defense gets a stop. Offense gets the ball back. You go down the field. Your quarterback, who's kind of been a second-class citizen on this team, he hasn't really been the guy for a team that's won nine games now and is heading to the playoffs. He's kind of been like an afterthought. To be able to step up and make you a big play like that or two big plays like that to T.Y. and to Patman, huge. So couldn't be more proud, couldn't be more pumped, couldn't be more excited. And to do it on Christmas Day, are you kidding me? What a Christmas present it was for Colt fans. Yeah, no question. Now tomorrow we can just sit back and watch a bunch of teams beat the crap out of each other, like the Bengals and the Ravens and, you know, the Bills and the Patriots. We can just sit. We're sitting pretty in the five spot, man. So. So uh, it, it feels good. I'll be able to just enjoy football tomorrow and, and be happy and enjoy the holiday season. And, yeah, man, it's just it, – it, this team just feels special. There's something about it. Every time you think they're, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to fight through some sort of adversity, they do. I think a game like this just proves no matter what the circumstances are, they can find a way to get it done. And that's, that's a special feeling. Not every team has that. So, and I think, and I'm just quiet as kept. One of the biggest things that happened in this game, and, and we've talked about it, but for different reasons, was Carson played bad most of this game. But when the game, when he had to make plays and we had to find a way to get in the, the end zone, he made his two biggest plays. And I don't think that can be understated because it shows, okay, he's capable of doing this for us. He's capable of, you know, lifting himself off the ground after not playing the greatest and putting together a drive where he makes two insane plays and is a big part of why we won the game. He really is. And so that is a huge takeaway for me. If I was going to give a game ball to anybody besides Flus, I would have given it to Carson Wentz for the way that he bounced back after all the adversity early. He never turned the ball over. No matter how bad, you know, he was all over the place early, but he never turned the ball over. And at the end of the game, he made big plays to clinch this win for this team, give him a, you know, a two possession lead. So, I mean, just that that's the biggest takeaway from this game. The two things, you know, that this team rallies around each other and will find a way to win in the most adverse circumstances. And Carson Wentz can, when the game's on the line, he can make you game winning plays that help you pull pull out victories. He did it today for, I really feel like, the first time this season when it was really on the line, and uh, he got it done. So I give a lot of credit to him, a lot of credit to the coaching staff, just into to the entire organization for going into that, you know, Arizona. I mean, that, that crowd, I didn't remember Arizona being a very tough place to play. That was a tough place to play. They were very loud. Saw a lot of Colt Blue, though, too. So the Colts were represented well. But I thought the crowd was really great for that game, Christmas night. I thought the place was lit. And the Colts just went out there and did what they had to do and got it done. And that's a huge, huge credit to this entire organization from the top down, from Ursay to Ballard, to the coaching staff, all the way down to the players who went out and executed that game plan. Just an absolutely ugly win, 
but a beautiful win at the same time because it's a win. Same. So that pretty much wraps it up. We'll be back this week with the Raiders game preview. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Enjoy watching football tomorrow on Sunday, depending on when we upload this. Going to try to get it up before the 1 o'clock games tomorrow on Sunday. Once again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all of our listeners out there. And we'll be back with the Raiders game preview later this week, right here on the For the Culture Podcast.